I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Breaking Down Bad Books, a podcast analysing trashy movie adaptations of shit books. And today we're looking at the movie Divergent. That's right, we're looking at 2014's Divergent, which was just a few years after the book came out. It was one of those things where the book comes out and they're like, okay, let's make it into a movie. I sometimes think they do that, but they just put the book out as a ploy. And like the movie was always the end goal. That's what I suspect. And this is the plot summary. In a world divided into factions based on personality types, Beatrice, Triss, is classified as divergent. When she discovers a plot to destroy divergence, Triss and the mysterious four must find out what makes divergence dangerous before it's too late. Like, okay, how many times are you going to say divergent without explaining what divergent is? Also, when they said Triss and the Mysterious Four, it makes it sound like it's five people. (laughs) Triss and this group of four mysterious people trying to track down divergence. So I can imagine the studio execs being like, this is a tough sell, but we pre-baked it into a book. We explained to our audience base what the premise is in in the sham book that we released a couple years ago, and now we can do the movie that we actually wanted to do. And I think the casting was good. That was probably the best part of the film. Uh, although I don't actually, I think I'm, I think I'm making that up. I don't know if it was that great, but there was just a lot of names that I recognised. Like you get your Kate Winslet's, your Ashley Judd's, your Zoe Kravitz, your Ansel Egort. Don't know how to say his name, but I like his face. And then Shailene Woodley, who I'm like, do I like her or do I not like her? Because <sighs> I don't know. She was in Big Little Lies and... A part of me felt like she didn't belong there. I was like, are you really old enough to have a kid? Also, you're hanging out with all these like 50 year old character actresses. I don't know if she belonged in that group of the Big Little Lies cast. Those are just my feelings. But like, if you were looking for a weak point in Big Little Lies, it was Shailene Woodley. Theo James, he's hot, he's hot, but I don't know, whatever happened to him lately? He didn't pop like I thought he would pop. But they did age him up a bit which I thought was a nice change because he's only meant to be two years older than Triss and he's meant to have gone into Dauntless and just risen up through the ranks in the matter of two years because he only has four fears. Um, So I'm glad that they made him a bit older. Although when you look at him grooming Triss, that does make it worse. The main thing that impressed on me with this movie was that they all decided to mispronounce the word erudite. Or was I saying it wrong? Have I been saying it wrong for three months? Because I just thought it was erudite. 
because that's how you say the letters in that word, but they're like adding in an extra syllable. They're like, every udite, every udite. It's like, what? Since when? Since when was there an I before the U? But they all commit to it. So it must've been a directive. It's like, has anyone seen the Harry Potter and the Cursed Child play? It throws you for a loop because you go in there and all your life you're thinking Voldemort, 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 that hard T. And then you go into Cursed Child and they're like, Voldemort, Voldemort. And you're like, oh, okay, French. Like, I get that is how you would pronounce it. But what, what a whiplash from watching the films to then watching the play. Like, they just said continuity who? This is fan fiction, glorified fan fiction. Let's commit to getting rid of the hard T. And they did. They did. Oh, where was I? Okay, so there were a few things that were cut. And yeah, I generally think these movie adaptations of shitty books are better than the source material because they cut so much of the dumb stuff. But I actually think they maybe cut out the best bits. Like if you tell me, hey, what was the best bit of Divergent? I'd be like, well, obviously when that guy stabbed that other guy in the eye in the middle of the night. Like we had a murder mystery at one point, which was a completely dropped plot point, but we had a murder mystery and he got stabbed in the eye. No stabbing in the eye in this one, which I was a bit upset about. I also miss the factionless man who tried to steal her sandwich or she wanted to give a sandwich to, but then she got scared and he's like, give me a sandwich, bitch. Like I missed that. Um, And we missed visiting day. Like those are the big ones off the top of my head. And even though they took stuff away, they didn't really add much else except for when Triss like threw that knife into Kate Winslet's hand and pinned her hand against the computer wall at the end. Like that was brilliant. I loved that. Other than that, I don't know what they added. Maybe a bit more clarity around what the chasm is. Even then, I think they mixed it up on us. I was picturing a whole different chasm. I was picturing a wild water rapid river ride down there. And I don't think we got that. Anyway, let's just go through it. So we open with shots of Chicago. We've got the marshland and the fence and some like abandoned ship in the middle of the land. Don't know how that happened. And also the fence is really quite big. I don't know what I was picturing. I was picturing this like meter high fence, which I I guess I'm an idiot because this fence is huge. And and yeah, it would be now that I come to think of it. I don't know if it was described as being that big, but in the movie, it's like the wall from Game of Thrones. It's a big bitch. Although lots of gaps in it. Terrible amount of gaps. So I don't know what level of protection it's providing, but we'll see. And also, if you look really carefully, when you're going through the wide shot of the city, you can see like the zip line from the tower. I'm pretty sure. Or it's just a regular telephone wire or something, but I think you can see the zip line, which is a nice little bit of foreshadowing. And they're like, look at this abandoned city. It's so abandoned. It's crumbling. And then they're like, bang. Here's all these groups of people wearing different colored clothes. And there's a little narrative introduction being like, the war was terrible. The rest of the world was destroyed. They built a wall to keep us safe. And I'm like, a wall? I thought it was a fence. I think they changed it from a fence to a wall. And she's given us the rundown of factions. None of it still makes sense. Like it's still bullshit on face value. So her dad is the guy from Scandal who was president, Fitz. I thought that was interesting. Um, After the spiel, she's getting a haircut. And yeah, it still doesn't make sense that they're so selfless, yet they also deprive their kids from looking in a mirror. Like, okay. And Ashley Judd's like, that's enough mirror time. (laughs) Just so silly. And Shailene Woodley's not even looking at herself. She just peeps a little glance and it's like, oh God. 
Just stare at the mirror, Shailene. And the abnegation live in those little concrete boxes, which are honestly quite cute, like quite austere. But also like you could see that in like a tiny home documentary being like, look at how cool these tiny homes are. That's what the abnegation are living in. And so her brother, Baby Driver, who she dated in Fault in Their Stars, that movie. I don't know how they went from that to now siblings. Anyway, so Baby Driver, he's like, relax, because they're going up to take the aptitude test. She cuts out the whole school scenes. You know how there was a school at the top of the tower? They're like, you know what? We don't need school. And then the train approaches with all the Dauntless and they just jump off onto this little mound of grass. I was thinking they would be jumping off of like a, quite a distance, but it's, it's really not daring at all. It's just this tiny little mound of grass, a slight hill. And they're like, woohoo, yeah, we did it, woohoo. They're always woohooing. They're big woohooers. Oh, I take it back. Now they're in school. I, I blocked this scene out of my memory when I just watched it, apparently, because they're getting another lecture about the fucking faction system. We just had the voiceover narration at the start, but we really need to learn that there's factions based on personalities and you have to make a choice. Oh, brother. So she goes into the aptitude test room, which is a really spacious room for just one chair in the middle of an empty room. And they serve the serum in a shot glass, which is just a fabulous way to take it. I don't know why every other time she was getting pierced with a needle in her neck throughout the rest of the film and the book, she'd be like, hey, why did we skip over doing the shot glasses? Like, can we go back to the oral method? I don't know. If people are afraid of needles, I'd be preferring that. So she does the test and it's different from the book. It's less convoluted. There's no creepy man on a bus asking her about someone in a newspaper and all that shit. It's basically just the dog. And I was thinking the dog is so cute. Like what monster faction do you have to be in to actually kill the dog? Even when the dog started snarling and like lunging towards her to attack her, I was like, what a precious little baby. And she just changes the breed of dog somehow. So hello, divergent flag. I don't know how she has the power to just change a breed of dog, but apparently she does. And then the dog starts attacking someone else and she crash tackles it and falls through the floor. And Tori's like, that's enough. Don't need to say anything else. That's enough. And she's like, come on, get out of the simulation. And she like drags her to the corner of the room and then has a chat with her there. It's like, okay, you didn't really take her away from anything. This isn't more private. Now that you're just two steps in the other direction. Anyway, so she's like, Hey, guess what? You're divergent. Same as the book, yet much quicker to the point. But she's like, they're called divergent. It's extremely rare. And I was like, is it? Is it? Because I know Ford's divergent. I know her mum's divergent. I know your brother was divergent, Tori. Like that's, that's four characters that I can tell from the top of my head. Plus all the other divergents she runs into in the course of the book. So yeah, then she's walking home. We don't have the factionless man trying to steal a sandwich, but she does look at a factionless girl and she has like pity in her eyes. Ugh. Then do something about it, you selfless bitch. And then they're eating dinner by candlelight. And oh God, I knew abnegation were dreary, but this is just the worst. Like you've got lighting, just flick it on. Meanwhile, she's looking at a reflection in her spoon. So like, yeah, you can use your spoon as a mirror. Even with shitty candlelight lighting, you can see your reflection if you really want to. The locked up mirrors just aren't doing the trick. And then we're walking back to the hub. So much walking, like a lot of walking scenes. 
We don't see her take the stairs up, which is another nice change. And it's the choosing ceremony. The bowls aren't as big as they are described in the book. She said you could curl up in them, but here they're just like wash basin bowls. And the thing I love and also hate about this movie is that Janine is just always there. She's ever present. She's acting like she's the president when really you're just the leader of erudite. Oh, sorry, erudite. You don't need to be mingling and attending every function. Like, why are you here at the choosing ceremony, Janine? And she just keeps popping up all throughout the movie. Like, oh, there's Janine. And also Janine's like chatting to Triss and Caleb, shaking their hands. And I was like, I thought you were afraid of shaking hands, Caleb. Or is that just a Triss thing? I don't know. But Caleb's like, oh, hey, Janine, nice to meet you. And Janine's just having a little stop and chat with Triss. It's like she already knows that Triss is the main character because she wasn't stopping and chatting with anyone else. And then she's making a speech. She's making a speech about the faction system. It's like, what? Why are the erudite? <laughs> Why are the erudite making speeches now? You're not the leaders here. And she's explaining the faction system. And I'm like, I get it. And then Marcus, who is one of the actual leaders, makes another speech himself about the faction system. I get it. Uh, and so they go up to make their choice. <laughs> and they still start with the people whose surnames begin with Z. So that's a bit of consistency. But the knife that they all have to cut on their hands to drop the blood into the bowls, very barbaric. I don't see anyone swap out the knife, but I I presume, I presume there's a knife changeover or a little cleaning station, but we don't see it. Oh, and also it's not carpeted. Remember in the books, she was like dropping blood onto the carpet in between the bowls. Well, none of that here. The bowls are actually on like a little raised platform. But then they're just getting up one by one, which is so impractical. Like even when you're at university, like when you're graduating, you're getting in a line. You're sort of going up with your row instead of one by one. But they're like, call a name, walk up slowly, deliberate, drop blood in a bowl, hear murmurs or claps, then retreat to your new faction, sit down. Then we call someone else and then someone else walks up to the bowl. And I was like, can we get it kicking? Can we have a line? Can we just go like bang, 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 bang. And then when they call Triss, because she's not at the fucking edge of the aisle, she's got to get up and her parents have got to stand up. And then she's got to do that thing when you're in a theater and you're like, oh, excuse me, excuse me. And she's got to slide out while one person stands up and the other person gets out of the aisle. And then someone else just angles their knees slightly. And you have to just like walk around them, which is just too hard. And I was like, oh God, this is going to be a long film. And then she cuts her hand, draws blood. And then is just like waving a hand around between the two bowls, just waving, waving, waving. And I was like, maybe you should have thought about it before you cut your hand because I can see the blood about to drip. It is precariously building up into a big droplet. And she's still deliberating and tossing and turning. Finally, she goes to the Dauntless onto the coals and everyone's like, whoa, Dauntless, that's crazy. And her dad, President Fitz, he's like, oh, how could she? And then she's running downstairs with the Dauntless and they're running for the train. They're always late for a train. And she's wearing this big grey cardigan. You can tell she's a bit like, oh, this isn't, this isn't running clothes. And they have to scale like train scaffolding to get onto like the platform. And I was like, what? You just jumped off on a a mound of dirt. 
this little hill you just rolled out, like, basically at ground level. But now she's got to climb up all this scaffolding to go up to a platform. Why are you getting on somewhere where you didn't get off? But luckily she's got some upper body strength and she gets up there eventually. In fact, all of the transfers are doing quite well. We don't have them dropping like flies like they did in the book. Remember in the book, there was one guy being like, I'm not going to jump onto a train. And he just like went and was factionless for the rest of his life. And then we have that other girl who'd like fell to her death, which was a pretty big deal. None of that here. There's a bit more consistency and there's more people. There's more people for her to compete with. So they're on the rooftop and she's about to jump down into the pit. And she's like, yeah, I'll do it. I don't care. And she also is taking her sweet ass time. And I was like, oh my God, this is why you're always late for trains because you're elaborately one by one letting someone have a moment of deliberation on a ledge before they jump. And I'm like, oh God, get to stepping. So she like takes off her cardi. She's like, I'm not gonna need this. She's finally getting rid of the cardi. I would have left it back at the hub. And her clothing, by the way, is very Maria Von Trapp. Well, Maria, nun Maria. You know, nun Maria before she gets to the Von Trapps and she's, you know, all drab in those drab clothes. That's what she looks like. Anyway, she jumps. Oh, she jumps. She takes her time, but she jumps. And oh, lo and behold, there's a net. And here's when she meets four. And he's like, do you get pushed? And she's like, nah, I jumped. So the electricity is already there. And he says, what's your name? And she's like stumbling. And he's like, you can pick a name, but make it good. You don't get to pick again. And I was like, what? You picked a name again. You're known as four, which was not the name you would have said when you jumped into the net. And yeah, she picks Triss, which is just a dumb shortening of Beatrice. I apologize to all the Trisses out there, but you can tell Veronica Roth was like, oh, she's going to have a fun, cool, edgy name, Triss. And then she was like, yeah, we'll call her Beatrice for the first two chapters. Okay, so they're in the pit, which is a lot more well lit than I thought it would be. And Four's telling them about initiation and he says it's 10 weeks long, which I thought was, yeah, quite long. And Zoe Kravitz is sassing him and he's like, you know what? Keep your mouth shut, Zoe Kravitz. And she's like, oh shit, okay. So the grossest thing about their dorms are the bathrooms. There's like no cubicle walls, no stalls. It's just toilet next to toilet next to toilet. And I don't know about that. Like, I know you want to be dauntless. I know you don't want to live in fear, but shitting next to someone, that's my fear. That's my greatest fear. I can't do it. I don't even want to do a poo at work. No, I'll walk home. I'll walk home. And this prison setup, like, well, even in a prison, you have cells. But here it's just toilet, toilet, toilet. Separated by like toilet roll holders. No, I'm sorry. I am sorry. I would be bringing in my jacket and just like creating my own wall. Oh, it's just dreadful, dreadful. And they don't even make a big deal out of it. Like I would have said, okay, factionless it is. I would have said, that's me done. And there was like, you know, the showers were in the same situation. The showers, ugh, I can live with it. I can live with it. But the toilet? No, no, ma'am. So they all get into their new little dauntless gear and they throw out <laughs> the clothes from their previous faction. And when I say throw out, they burn them. They're very wasteful. So she meets all of her little buddies, you know, Will, Al, Zoe Kravitz, the whole gang. They bond over her not knowing what hamburgers are, which is, uh, I, I guess it was a very relatable part of the book that they had to keep it. I don't know. And then the new recruits are getting crowd surfed outside of the 
the mess hall or something. I, I don't know. I feel like I missed something. Well, it just seems to be like Tris and a couple of others. Ah, oh, she's she's crowd surfing. I don't like. Did I did I blank out and miss something? Suddenly she's crowd surfing. I, oh god, I don't know. I don't know where uh, that wasn't in the book. I uh, don't know where it came from. Anyway, we get some training montages, which I thought was for the best. Like we didn't need to see every lesson. So yeah, we get a montage of Eric being a dick. So Eric's Jai Courtney, who I did not recognize until I looked up the cast list. I was like, oh, okay. He's got this horrible facial piercing on his face, some terrible tattoos. He looks like shit. And so the rankings are just like consistently displayed. They're not on a chalkboard. They're like on a big digital screen and they move up and down all the time. And she's just like running past the ranking board, seeing that she's like 29th and she's in the red, like below the line. Like you remember on Biggest Loser, how it used to be like above the line or below the line. It's the same sort of system in Dauntless. So they get tattoos and Tori seems to be employing some sort of new technology where she just <laughs> sticks sticks like a bandage on you and then she peels it off and there's your tattoo. Like a temporary tattoo, but it's permanent. I was like, geez, Tori, that's all you do? You just slap it on? Like, what is she doing? She's not drawing on your body. They've revolutionized tattoos. I don't know if anyone was asking for that, but they have. So we get montage, 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 and then we pause the montaging for Christina getting beaten up, you know, when she sort of gives up. And Eric's like, oh, that's fine. Let's go walk together um, and have a bit of a lunch break. And they're walking above the bridge, above the chasm. I guess that's the new chasm. And he's got his hand on his back and he's like, there, there, love. And also one side has a rail, the other side doesn't. So they couldn't, they couldn't be like, no rails. We can't have no rails. That's crazy. Maybe like the workplace health and safety officer on set was like, excuse me, I know it's all for show, but we need another rail on this bridge. Anyway, so they've got one rail and Eric's like, oh, Christina, God, you're so cute. Bush. And he like pushes her off the bridge, but he also catches her. And she's like dangling there. Like he's a psycho. Just full on pushed her off the bridge. And Tris is still weak sauce. Christina's hanging on for dear life. And Tris is like, yeah, Christina, you, you can do it, Christina. And I was like, do you want to speak up, Tris? Do you want to speak up? Like, I thought you were brave. Stand up to Eric. Can't just be pushing girls off a bridge, even though the bridge has one railing. And then out of all the scenes that I thought they would cut, but they somehow left in and let have five minutes of our undivided attention, is the field trip to the fence. Oh God, I'm not interested. I'm not interested. And just like in the book, they just get to the fence. They say, oh, that's the fence. Okay. And then they go back. Nothing happens at the fence. She doesn't even run into her old friend from Amity on the truck back while nothing happens. Nothing happens. They just stand out looking out at the marshes, which is boring. And then we get the knife throwing scene where stupid Al (laughs) drops his knife and Eric's like, well, I'm going to throw my knives around you kind of a thing. And Tris is like, no, I'll do it. So it's the exact same from the book. We don't need to get into it. Al, such a big lug. But because Tris stepped in, even Molly, even big butch bully Molly is like, good job, Tris. And Will's like, that was impressive stiff, which is still mean because he called a stiff. Will is Miles Teller. So that's something. Or it's Peter. I don't know. All these boy names blend in together, don't they? Will, Peter, Drew, Al, Chuck, Jim. Like, uh, 
I think I made up Chuck and Jim, but you get my drift. He's the mean one. I think it's Peter. The one that should be stabbing people in the eye, but he doesn't. Oh, and then guess what? Janine's there. She's just doing a walkthrough of the Dauntless compound, not even under the cover of darkness, just in the middle of the day. And she's like, oh, hey, Beatrice. Like she just remembers Tris. I mean, it was like a week ago or something. And then she, she looks at her tattoo, but she sort of pulls apart her shirt and like touches her bra strap. And I was like, okay, Janine, um, inappropriate. But yeah, they just stopped in the halls, having a right old chat. And everyone else is like, from Janine's team, and the rest of the initiates are like, um, okay, we'll just stop here and wait for you guys to have a little chit chat. Janine's just everywhere. And she's like referencing her test results. And I was like, oh, so you know all about the test results. Why do you know this? And if you already suspect that there might be something off with her test results, why don't you just go and question Tori? Or why do you not just have all of the erudite run the tests? Wouldn't that be more practical? Janine's like, you know what, we'll just hunt down the divergence by putting in a simulation serum and checking out their fear landscapes. And it's like, wouldn't you just be better served to run the aptitude tests and just find it there? Cut out the middleman, Janine, get onto it. Anyway, Janine, just popping up all throughout the place. They're like, we booked Kate Winslet. She set aside three weeks in her schedule to film this shitty movie and we're gonna use her. We're not keeping it for the end of the book. Nuh-uh. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And like, there's no secret to being divergent. Everyone's just chatting about like, oh, she's hunting divergence. Oh, that's interesting. What's a divergent? Oh, they're this and that. There's no secret. Word on the street is divergent. 
Okay, then we have her fighting Miles slash Peter slash Drew slash Al and Chuck. She passes out and has some sort of flashback to getting a haircut by a mum or something or other. And then they're going to paintball. And they're going to go play paintball, even though she's running late because she's running from the hospital and she's like, I need to do it. I can't miss paintball. But guess what? It's not paintball. It's like sort of like fake bullets in real guns or something or other. It's, it's a lot more aggressive in the film than it was in the book. So yeah, they do the hell capture the flag thing. And Tris straight away is like, I'm going up the Ferris wheel. Like, I don't even think anyone was talking about anything. She just said, yeah, that's a nice plan. I'm going rogue and I'm climbing up this rusty Ferris wheel. I cannot believe the Ferris wheel made the cut. The opening scene of this film, we see a ship, like a big, big ship stranded in the middle of land. And you got to think, fuck, how much time's passed for a ship to be in the middle of land? And yet here's this Ferris wheel. And granted, she's climbing up the ladder and one of the rungs falls off. Granted, granted, but it still works. It's still hooked up to electricity. She's eating dinner by candlelight for the first 16 years of her life. And yet this Ferris wheel can just be flicked on with the switch and go chugga, 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 chugga with blinking lights spinning around like the day it was made. To the movie's credit though, It does cut that out. She just gets to the top of the Ferris wheel. They joke about how he's afraid of heights. And then she sees where the other team are. And they're at the top of a clock tower, by the way. So like they were clearly visible to everyone else who wasn't up on a Ferris wheel. So (laughs) whatever. And then we just cut to them pursuing them. So we don't have to watch her get down from the Ferris wheel or have the Ferris wheel turned on. So they fixed it in the film, but I'm still irrationally angry from when it happened in the book. And so Tris gets to the flag first. She gets to wave it for a bit. And then Christina's like, woohoo, I'm here too. And then she sort of like holds the flag as well. So she doesn't snake her victory like she does in the book. But also the flag's like luminescent green. What the hell's that all about? I don't know if that got explained, but there was a luminescent green flag. And then one thing I did like about the movie was that they merged the paintball and the zip lining into like one little outing. You know, in the book, she was always going on an outing. We were always catching a train to go to a different location. Whereas in this, they're like, okay, let's just, let's just put the zip lining in now, you know, save us an outing. But she just like cuts to, she's at the top of the building and she's coming out of the stairwell and she's like the teensiest bit puffed. She's like, oh, oh, oh. And I'm like, you guys just walked up a hundred flights of stairs because they cut the elevator. Just like they cut the working Ferris wheel, they cut the working elevator that gets them to the top of the building. We just see her climb up like half a flight of stairs, come out of the stairwell and be like, oh God, that was a big walk. And then just like be over it. She's just caught her breath immediately. Not even a bead of sweat on her or on anyone else. They all made it at the same time, which I don't think would happen in real life. I'd be like five hours behind the next guy trying to get up a hundred flights of stairs. And like, I live in a building with like nine levels. And when COVID happened and the gym shut down, I was like, oh, I'll just walk up the stairs. That'll be fun. It wasn't fun. And I just walked up to the top of the stairs and then walked back down. And I was like, I was huffy. I was puffy. I was pausing for breaks. I was sweating. And that was just seven flights, seven or nine flights. 
and she's just gone up a hundred and she's like, huh, that was a big walk. Nah, that's infuriating to me. And even though no one was like, oh, it's a hundred floor building. I know it is. And then we see you at the top of the skyline. So we know it's a big building, but now she's not even, not even puffed. Not a single person had a cramp. So yeah, they're zip lining off the building. And it's nighttime as well, which makes it a bit more scarier because I don't think the city's got a lot of electricity, but the, the film is really well lit. So who knows? They all have glow sticks around their neck. <laughs> I guess that means they can see, you know, nothing stronger than a glow stick. So she zip lines down. She's loving it. She's loving herself sick. She's catching a reflection in the buildings because, you know, she loves a reflection. And then she's zip lining through a crumbling building, which I think is just bad zip line design. As I said previously, I don't know who created this. Very unclear on who rigged this up. But you can see that this is a whole rigged thing. There's a brake mechanism on the film's zip line. And they're like, brake, brake, Tris. You got to brake, pull the brake, pull the brake. And she's like, what? The brake? And then she's finally like, oh, I need to pull the brake. And then she's reaching for the brake and she can't reach the brake. I was like, why have you attached a brake at the back of the zip line where it's out of reach? But okay, she finally reaches the brake and then she pulls the brake. And she like is inches away from hitting a big steel wall. And I was like, why would you build a zip line that ends in a steel wall? Who rigged up this zip line and created this braking mechanism? <sighs> they just carved out a hole in an abandoned building for her to shoot through, but they, they couldn't just tear down this wall of steel. <sighs> so then we get to the first ranking reveal. Well, not the first ranking reveal. The rankings have been constant, but the first cut and she makes it just, she's just above the red line and like 20 people got cut, which is so savage. And then we cut to another scene. It's daylight. They're just like moving bags of rice or some shit. They're just indiscriminate bags over the shoulder, just lumping bags around. I assume it's supplies. And she's just minding her own business. And then her mum's like, hey, Tris, (laughs) just out of nowhere. Her mum's like, ah, and her mum's just like, oh, I knew that I'd sign you here sooner or later. So I just waited. And it's like, what? Were you here for weeks? Like, or did you just come here today? Do you come here every day? You just assume she'd be brought to this part of town and you thought you'd corner her? Oh, I don't know. Because they got rid of visiting day. Visiting day is not a thing in the film. So her mum had to find her own way to get a message to Tris. Even though she doesn't even tell her, like, Tell Caleb to research the simulation serum. She's just asking about the test results because her divergent mum is like, hmm, you're divergent. And she's just dropping all these nuggets about divergence, being like, your mind works in different ways, blah, 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 which I just, you know, I have problems with that. And she drops those few little nuggets and then she's gone. She's out of there. And then we get to the fear landscape. No, the simulation landscape, not the fear landscape. The first stage of simulation serums. And we've progressed from shot glasses to needles. And she's there in the swampland with the ship in the middle of the land and the big fence with all the gaps. And there's the crows. And she gets out of that little simulation pretty quickly. Like it was one minute of screen time. And he's like, how long do you think you were in there? And she was like, about 20 minutes. And he's like, what? And I'm like, what? It was, it was seconds, Tris. Seconds, nothing happened. How could you possibly think that was 20 minutes? And then she has another fear simulation and she's in the tank getting filled with water and everyone's staring and laughing at her. The old tank filled with water trick. 
And she just busts her way out of there. And at this point, Four's like, okay, you're divergent. <laughs> He's like, what were your test results? Everyone is just getting straight to the point. Everyone knows what divergent is. Everyone's asking about it. And then she's talking to Tori about how she's divergent too. She's just spilling the beans to everyone. And she's like, no, I can't let anyone know. I can't let anyone know I'm divergent. So what does she do? She just walks straight into the erudite compound. And she's like pretty much announcing that she's divergent by just leaving her faction to go for a wander of the halls at erudite. She knows they're hunting divergence. So that's where she goes. It's crazy. And yeah, she just finds baby driver so quickly. And he's like, oh, hey, Tris. He's not shocked. He's not shocked. And then she has her run in with Janine because again, Kate Winslet, she needed to film something. And Janine's pretty much like, abnegation is trash. And she goes back to Dauntless. And Eric's not there to reprimand her. There's no consequences to her little excursion. Except it is at this point she gets attacked by Al and Peter and Drew. And Chuck and Jim and Gary. Which to me sort of came out of nowhere. But I guess they're seeing the rankings results rise. But it just, it does feel out of nowhere. Because they didn't stab Peter in the eye or Drew in the eye or that guy in the eye. No one stabbed anyone in the eye. And so it just seems like things escalated wildly out of nowhere. And she doesn't smell lemongrass soap, which tips her off that it's Al. She takes off the mask and she's like, ah, shit, you're Al. So yeah, I guess they had to make that change for the film because it's hard to portray the scent of lemongrass soap. So she stays over in Four's room, which by the way, is a whole factory floor. It's not just four walls and a sink. He's got like six lockers. It is just the biggest thing I've ever seen. It's factory length. He's in a factory and that's where he sleeps. I don't understand the planning of this compound. So she tells Al off, Al dies. That gets glossed over pretty quickly. And then pretty much four is just training her how not to appear divergent in the simulations, which I actually thought was a really nice change because It made a lot of sense. She should be trying to do things as a Dauntless would do it, not as a Divergent would do it. And then we have the scene of her inspecting the tattoos on Four's body. And he's got like all the emblems. And it's just like, you were never hiding the fact that you were Divergent, were you? And also she wanted to look at the tattoos, but she's like touching them with her fingers. Like, look, don't touch, Tris. And then the next morning after they sort of make out for a little bit, he's like, hey, Tris, check this out the erudite, they're always doing things at the Dauntless compound. And she's like, erudite, what are they doing here? And it's like, you run into Janine in the halls all the time. But she's like, what? A different faction in our faction? That's crazy. Like you just went to erudite. You were just there. You just waltzed right in looking for baby driver and talking to Janine. And when it's reversed, she's like, what? Why are they here? This is where we live. And it's like, Ugh. Anyway, it tells her that they're planning for war, blah, blah, blah. And then it's the big day, Fear Landscape Day. And guess who's there? Janine. Janine, the hardest working woman in all of Chicago. She is everywhere. She's like bloody James Corden. She's everywhere. You can't get rid of her. You see her at every turn. I tell you what, my Fear Landscape would just be James Corden films. I'd be sitting there watching Lame Is. James Corden's in it. I'd be sitting there watching Spring Awakening. Surprise, James Corden's in it. I'd be sitting in a theater enjoying the Phantom of the Opera. Whoops, James Corden's in it. 
That's my fear landscape. I've talked about how I hate him before, so I won't go into it again. So she's in her fear landscape. She's just, she's just trying to be dauntless in her fear landscape, not doing her instinctual thing where she just conjures up guns and <laughs> transfigures dogs into other breeds of dogs. I think she has less fears in the film than she does in the book, but it doesn't really matter. All we really want to see is the one where she hooks up with four, but then she nails him in the crotch. She's like, four, get off me, nails him in the crotch. And then something interesting happens. We have a fake out of her waking up. You think it's over. She's up and chatting with four, like it's all normal. But then Janine's like, oh, hey, Tris, kill your parents. And she still doesn't twig (laughs) that it's a simulation. She's like, oh no. I just graduated and now I have to kill my parents. And it's like, no, this is a simulation, Triz. So she graduates, they celebrate. Then they all get shot up with that extra bit of serum. So much serum. So much shooting up. What am I watching? Train spotting? So she wakes up. Everyone's all zombified. And the line that the movie takes is that it makes them more susceptible to suggestion. Which... It's more simplified. It makes more sense than some sort of programming data in the cloud business. But that scene plays out like the book. She's pretending to be a zombie. She spots four. He's pretending to be a zombie. They hold hands on the train. But then when they're walking through abnegation land, they're just having a full on chat. (laughs) Guys, can you at least whisper a bit more quietly? But they're just having a full on chat. She's looking at him. (laughs) She's making eye contact. She's not even pretending anymore. So she breaks into her home. It's not locked. They probably think locked doors are selfish. And then we have the standoff where Eric is about to shoot four because he thinks four's a zombie. And she's like, how about the fuck not? And then they draw a gun and he's like, well, get your gun down because how about the fuck not? I'm divergent too, surprise. And Eric's like, she's not going to shoot me. And she goes, you're overestimating my character, which is a great line. Uh, They're all shooting it at each other. She gets shot. And then, whoop, there's Janine, the hardest working woman in Chicago. There she is. And she's like, oh, you're divergent. Okay, I suspected as much. And she sort of gives less of a villain speech here. And she's like, all right, executor. We got shit to do, which I appreciated. She didn't like shoot him up with the serum and demonstrate how the serum worked. The additional serum, the other separate serum. Too many serums in one film. And the execution is like her being taken out into a field and shot. There's no water tank, no elaborate death trap. Because yeah, why would abnegation have water tanks at hand with cameras pointed at them? That never made any sense. But she gets rescued by, surprise, surprise, Ashley Judd. Ashley Judd, who's good with a gun. And I think we're meant to believe that because she's dauntless, she's good with a gun, but she skipped training because she transferred to abnegation. Are they training their like six-year-olds how to use guns in dauntless? Is, Is that what I'm led to believe? So then her mum dies. I don't think she shoots Will or she might pop off a shot at Will, but it's not so much as a headshot execution as it is in the book. I'm a bit unclear, honestly, on whether she killed Will or not. She finds President Fitz and he's like, whoa, where's your mum? Which I'm glad he asked straight up because in the book, they just didn't bring it up. Mum just died and they were like, la-da-dee, la-da-da, let's talk about other stuff. Why they just let a dauntless soldier, she's dressed up in dauntless soldier gear, just walk into their little hiding room. Not quite sure. Very lax security. You can tell they don't handle the security for the city. And then Triss is explaining the simulation. She says one abnegation is dying a minute. So the death rate has been slowed considerably for the film. 
And so then they just hop on a train to Dauntless Town. Oh, they have to jump onto the platform and then jump into the net, etc., etc. She confronts Peter slash Drew slash Al slash Chuck slash Jim slash Miles Teller. It's all happening the same as the plot. Uh, I don't know what to tell you. It's not very interesting. Her and Fitz storm the control room. He goes down in a blaze of glory. We go to the control room and it's not just four in a tiny room with some screens. <laughs> just, just a great choice because they'll probably read in the source material when they'll making this film being like, wait a minute, the highfalutin thumb drive full of the data that's transmitting the war that's being protected by this one turncoat who's not got control of his facilities. We'll just park him in front of the monitors to just protect the data. Yeah, I wasn't buying that. So he's there and she's trying to rescue him. But then he's like, surprise, I've been shot up with a serum. So now I'm aggro and about to kill you. Because we always need the scene of the man beating up his girlfriend in these films. Not sure why, but it's a trope. And then Janine's like, oh, let me explain. She just wanders in wearing her little blue dress. And here's where she gives the villain speech. I thought, oh, we didn't get a villain speech. How refreshing. But Janine's like, ah, ah, au contraire. Here's the little villain speech. And she explains everything. And she's talking about divergence again. She's saying the divergence threaten our system and our livelihood and all this bullshit. In the movie, it's more like divergence can't be categorized more than divergence can't be controlled. I don't think the categorization is the point. I think it's more the control that's the point, but whatever. So then her and four are fighting. And then she's doing that thing where she's like, I love you four, just kill me. Just kill me four, I love you four. Trying to like break through to him. And I was like, whoa, you just said I love you. That's too soon. It's too soon. Like it might've been 10 weeks of initiation, but it's still too soon. Then we get the knife through Janine's hand. There's a bit more of a scuffle. Zoe Kravitz is shooting people on the street and Shailene Woodley's got the knife to Kate Winslet's throat. She's like, shut it down, shut it down. But then she has this great moment where Janine's like, maybe you're not as dauntless as you thought you were, like super smug. And she's like, you got that right because I'm divergent, bitch. And then she stabs her with the serum that makes her susceptible to suggestion or whatever the line they're selling us is. And she's like, shut it down. So Janine just like, presses two buttons on a screen. She presses one button and then says, confirm. And that shuts down the serum. (laughs) God, I don't know what the fuck this plot is. (laughs) She she just pressed two buttons on the screen, crisis averted. But I thought that was a fun little twist. It it was more exciting than just four in a room. And then Janine wakes up, I guess, because they just deactivated the code or some shit. And she's like, oh, no fair. What, What did you do? And so then she tries to attack Triss and Triss is like, you know what, Janine, fuck you. And she just like pops her in the fucking mouth, which was fun to see. It passed the Bechdel test if the Bechdel test is girls beating each other up. Two named characters beating each other up, not talking about a man, it passes it. Then yeah, it ends just like it ended in the book. They're running for a train. Marcus and four are like, oh, hey, bit of an awkward moment. They're dragging along Peter. And there's just so much build up to them running for the train. Oh, we've got to run for the train. We've got to run for the train. And I'm like, I've seen them run for a train 18 times this film already. I don't have the suspense. They always make it. They've never not once failed to get onto the train. So yeah, I'm not feeling a lot of tension here. Also, who cares if you miss it? 
it's going to come around again. They don't stop. It's not like it's the last train at 4am. You'll get on the next one. But my question is, Erudite, smartest people in town, can't you just like hack the train mainframe and just stop the trains? Just stop the trains. Then you'd catch them. You'd control the population a lot better if you just stopped the trains. <sighs> and Triss is like, we're factionless now. We're just going to ride the train to the end of the line. And then we'll jump. And like, that's the last line of dialogue. And I was like, of course you're catching the train to the end of the line. You're in a fenced in city. The end of the line is just the fence. And you'll jump because the trains don't stop. But it stopped when you went on the field trip to the fence. So why is the train not stopping now? Who cares? Then we get a shot of the fence and then we get credits. Oh, God, that was a slog. I'm sorry I made you guys listen to me just talking about what happened in the movie because we just lived it, basically. It was the exact same as the book but a little bit better because they cut out the Ferris wheel stuff. And so that's Divergent done. Well, actually, next week we have a schmidgen more Divergent content. There'll be a special bonus episode hitting your feeds. It's fanfic. I'm reading some fanfic and I hope we enjoy it. And then we're leaving Divergent in the past, but we will be picking up Insurgent over on Patreon at patreon.com slash breakingdownbadbooks. You can pledge $3 a month to gain access to those bonus episodes. So we'll be starting Insurgent shortly. And you can also listen to the old episodes, which were 365 Days and 50 Shades Darker. And apparently the 365 Days sequel, which has been out in Polish for a while, I think it's coming out in English this December, like soon, in time for Christmas. So I'm I'm really quite excited to read read that one, especially because I think they're already making it into a movie. I think it's going to be trash. And so I'll see you guys next time for some fanfic. Yeah, yeah. All right. Bye. I don't know why I just said that. I don't know why I sound like that. It's late. I don't know what I'm doing. Okay. Goodbye. Send your burning thoughts, frustrations, and grievances on this latest chapter of this shitty book to breakingdownpod at gmail.com or on Twitter at podbreakingdown and Instagram at breakingdownbadbooks. You can visit www.breakingdownbadbooks.com for all the listen links, contact information, merch, and more. To support the show on Patreon and gain access to exclusive ad-free bonus episodes, visit patreon.com slash breakingdownbadbooks. Ratings and reviews on your preferred podcast platform are also a fun, free way to support the show. Breaking Down Bad Books is hosted by me, Nathan Brown, who you can follow on Instagram and Twitter at NathanBrown90. Thanks for listening and happy reading. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.